Hey, Joel here. It's dining around across the nation and across the Bay Area as well. Listen, we've been eating and drinking and tasting, and as the holidays approach, I'm reminded of a couple of experiences that I had, one of which was on a 4th of July weekend, and it had to do with a massive cocktail party, and it was my introduction to uh, Unipro Gin, which is a product made in San Francisco, and it was this exciting experience for me because I thought, here I can enjoy myself with my friends around a lovely cocktail and have a very good time, and I can even find out more about it. Well, in the spirit of that, I thought we should stop by and chit-chat with the master distiller and the CEO of Anchor Distilling, which is where Unipro Gin comes from. Uh, Bruce, let's uh, start with you. Bruce Joseph, he is the head distiller for Anchor Distilling. Bruce, thanks for having us. Give us a bit of the information about the, dis about the inspiration behind Unipro, which is now what, its 20th anniversary? 20th anniversary, and um, it was the second product we worked on when we um, started distilling at Anchor, um, the first being rye whiskey. But once we started um, working on a gin, I think what was guiding us was um, working kind of in that traditional London dry style. We okay. used 12 botanicals, but we weren't, um, we didn't end up using anything that was a um, kind of a real oddball ingredient or anything. They were. 12 ingredients that had probably all been used in gin at one time or another, but um, the interest was in a, a real bold, um, full-flavored gin that would um, work really well in a martini. Mm -hmm. Now, you said London gin. Is there an inspiration or are there an inspirational arc of products that you thought of while you were putting together your own flavor profile? Um, I think we all had our favorite of, of you know, the old standbys. And um, some of those uh, um, favorites were, were kind of dropped when we started doing like a lot of blind tasting. You know, okay. Blind tasting's a real good way to, to, to really figure something You're out. like, I really, really like it until I actually taste it. Yeah, until you don't know what <laughs> bottle it came in. So um, yeah, we, we definitely um, all had our favorites when we started that. Mm -hmm. and But um, we were looking for something that while being you know complex with different ingredients was also real bold and and crisp okay and um stood up in a in a in a cocktail is as a distiller is there a perfect cocktail that you can think of or a perfect way to make your gin into a martini well personally because for me mm -hmm. Because um, which is who I'm asking. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> doesn't have to be the same for everybody. Other drinkers. How is your opinion? Other drinkers might disagree, but I like I like a martini um, with a twist. Okay. Because I think it retains that that crisp, um, you know, just that real bracing um, crisp mm -hmm. quality, and that for me olives kind of muddy that somewhat, huh. make it a little uh, rounder. And isn't it interesting, you say that here, we're, we're in Northern California, we're in San Francisco, where your distillery is based, and we have Meyer lemon trees hanging off of the, the hillsides here, and so it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, sure, we have olives, we don't have that kind of olive here, but with the lemon twist, it would make a perfect marriage. Yeah. Huh. All right. Now, now the gin, um, you mentioned that you also have a rye that you began about 20 years ago as well. Uh, where did you go for your inspiration for the rye? Because was, that, was, that was first, was it not? Well, I think, you know, the, the inspiration, you know, Fritz Maytag, when he was starting the distillery, when we were starting it, um, a lot of the inspiration was historical, okay. that, that rye was the first 
um, American whiskeys that were made during colonial times. And rye was growing on the East Coast, and that was a big part of the inspiration was kind of the, the rye's historical place mm-hmm. in, in this country and in American whiskey. And um, also that it was pre-bourbon, and all of the whiskeys that were out in the market at that time when we came out with Old Potrero for the first time were being done in charred barrels, new okay. charred oak. And, um, you know, the, that, that was a, a mid-19th century um, thing okay. of, of charring barrels. So um, doing it in toasted barrels like our first release and, and going back further um, was was the inspiration. Okay, and yeah. toasted and charred, are that, is that the same thing or is that? No. No, okay. No, um, you, you know, the typical um, American whiskey and, and bourbon, straight rye, um, straight rye whiskey or straight bourbon, by law has to be aged in new charred oak barrels. Okay. But um, as I said, that was, you know, charred barrels didn't come along until the 1800s. Right. And so going back further, when the barrel was really more just a container, they were toasted. Okay. Yeah. So it's rye whiskey and it's the whiskey that would come from this area or from America as well. Yeah. I think that that's a really elegant concept. And certainly, I mean, the product over the last 20 years has remained very elevated as far as flavor profile as far as taste in the marketplace has it changed have you tasted any of the tasted any of those 20 year olds you have that in uh, the sort of in a barrel someplace that people come out and we 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 have some of the old ones left around um there are little slight differences we've made little changes you mm-hmm. know hopefully improvements in the way we distill um, the other thing, being a small distillery, when we bottle, we bottle very few barrels at once, and you always get barrel variations. Right. So um, we always signify the particular bottling on a bottle so that people know what bottling they're drinking because mm-hmm. it, it, it is really hard to get like a product that's the same every time when you're dealing with a dozen barrels right. for, for a bottling because there is variation. And we, of course, as the consumer, love the idea of tasting something that, that has that sense of space and has that sense of time. Dennis, I want to bring you into the conversation because this whole idea of, of, of a distillery and, and holding back product for a period of time, it would be a difficult thing to conceptualize as an economist. I mean, wh- how much of the art is important for the distillery? Yeah, that that part is extremely important in the sense that what we're trying to do is provide the best product possible to, okay. the, to the consumer, right? So that means you got to move at a pace that is um, appropriate for <laughs> you know making that best product. Glacial. Possible. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's glacial, and um, so that means we have to uh, sometimes allocate and release the product um, you know slowly so that it's not always out of stock or right. you know faster femens. So um, it really depends on you know what the what the goal is of of, of the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, we are starting to um, increase our capacity. We just installed a new still. Um, um, here at the distillery, the first time in Bruce tw- tw- twenty some odd years, um, so that's that's new for us. But that's mm-hmm. because there's such a demand for our products, okay. um, and uh, so we're slowly, you know, ramping up our production so we can provide these products to more people. This is going to sound like a really geeky question, but when you when you install a new still, I mean, do you just call up somebody and they come and build it here? 
or or do you order it from someplace else? Should I ask Bruce that? I'm just I'm just fascinated by this. Yeah, well, I, I, I know, but Bruce could just speak to the specifics of who we who we ordered it from. I'm just interested. We, from. we um, our new still is a whiskey still, and we ordered it from um, a really well-known still builder in Scotland, and so it's it's built there. Um, it's shipped in pieces, and um, reassembled on site here. I think that's fascinating. And now let me ask you, I, I know that people can come to the, to the distillery. I, I mean, there are, there are certain sort of things I want to mention that, that yes, you can come on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday uh, with a reservation for $45 per person. And you can go on anchordistilling.com to find out more about that because they have a beautiful tasting room here and you can see the entire San Francisco area while you're enjoying your tasting for sure at the absolute top of the still, but also the still of the distillery, sorry. But you can also also uh, book the room as well and enjoy that with coworkers. I know as we come into the holiday season, they're probably completely booked, but think about it as far as what you might want to do for a bachelor or bachelorette party coming into the spring or maybe some sort of summer function or a team building seminar. It's always nice to have a beautiful place to do it and really to cozy up around you. And, and Bruce, sorry, and Dennis, um, when I think about people coming up here and enjoying themselves and in the enjoying the product, as CEO, how has the product line expanded? Yeah, so um, uh, the product line that we produce here has expanded uh, slowly. I mean, the, that that original rye gin, mm -hmm. uh, rye whiskey, and, and uh, gin is what are still our main products. But we've added a hopped vodka, okay, um, which is you know inspired obviously by the brewery. Uh, <laughs> we have a hop room downstairs uh -huh. where uh, you know it's part of the brewery tour, and you walk through there and you get this incredible aroma of hops, and you know really started banging our heads against how do we distill this? How do mm -hmm. we make something special out of this? Uh, aroma and it took Bruce uh, I think a few years to get it right but once he did <laughs> um, it wasn't easy but uh, but uh, it, it's a unique product that you, you're you're able to taste while you come here uh -huh. um, during these, these these private tastings oh, that's fascinating yeah and, um, and we also extended our, our uh, gin by uh, creating an old Tom gin which mm -hmm. is a different style of gin what that, is in a di what's different about old Tom it's 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 a little of a sweeter version of, of, of gin okay. um, that uh, was you know one of the more original styles of gin that was um, you know made uh, primarily for a Martinez okay. um, which is the original martini martini and uh, <laughs> so you know it's, it's again a historical um, you know a rendition of, a, of an old product fantastic hey, and before I lose you to time where uh, I guess Bruce I should ask you where do you go for your uh, your raw ingredients when it comes to making the gin when it comes to making the rye where do you look to you don't have to tell me specifically because I don't want pr proprietary knowledge well for, for the botanicals um, we source some things from the West Coast, but there's also some of the excuse me, botanicals we use that we really prefer um, the the version of them that are grown um, in in other countries. So we we use juniper berries that are from Europe, mm -hmm. okay, um, from from Macedonia. Well, and you want the best product yeah. for the product that yeah. you're doing, or the best ingredients for the product that you're making. Yeah, so we we you know go where we need to go mm -hmm. to to find um, what we're looking for. Brilliant, but you can come here and taste it. You can find it obviously around the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, Dennis, can you can people find this product in other markets as well? The the Anchor Distilling line. 
Yeah, we're nationwide. Okay. Um, one of the things that we've done is really expand the company. Um, and uh, over the last several years, we've added extensively to our sales and marketing group. Mm-hmm. So um, we're pretty well distributed across the country. Good. Any any you know high-end liquor shop or uh, certainly um, all of the, the craft cocktail bars that are popping up all Fabulous. over the country, um, you can find these products in them. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, Bruce Joseph, head distiller and Dennis Carr, CEO. The company is Anchor Distilling. And if you visit Anchor Distilling, com. You can find out more. You can certainly visit the, the distillery itself on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday by appointment. I suggest you go on anchordistilling.com and, and check out more about that. And you can rent their uh, upstairs space, which has an absolutely beautiful view for your own private tasting with groups of people as well. And uh, as Dennis said, you can find this product across the nation too. So ask for it. It really is a taste of San Francisco. It's something that is that is here. And when you sip it and when you enjoy it with friends responsibly, you just can't help but have a connection to the area. I'm Joel. This is Dining Around. Follow me, diningaround.com, on Twitter and on Instagram as well. More food, wine, and travel next time.